Welcome to the City Current Radio Show, focused on sharing and powering the good in our community. This show takes an in-depth look at the heartbeat of Middle Tennessee, the organizations and individuals leading by example to fuel change and how we can make a difference. Now here's your host, City Current CEO, Jeremy Park. Welcome to the City Current Radio Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Park. We're always honored to bring you inspiring stories of individuals and organizations making a difference and powering the good in our communities. And we're honored to kick it off talking about Delta Dental of Tennessee. They do so much to support charitable dental clinics, nonprofits, and so many social impact organizations doing good across the state. And here to kick it off talking about Delta Dental of Tennessee is their president and CEO, Dr. Phil Wink. Phil, how are you doing? Uh, Jeremy, I am doing fantastic. I, I tell you what, it's great to see you. It's always good to be with you. Uh, you, you know, anytime that I, I hear you talk, I feel better about everything. It's probably not about myself, but everything else. Thank you. I love the fact that uh, for those who are, are seeing the video, you're wearing St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, the shirt, because you do so much good philanthropically to support organizations, as I mentioned, really all across the state of Tennessee. And so we'll talk about that here in just a second. But for starters, give listeners a little background, Phil, on just Delta Dental of Tennessee. Go ahead and give some context. Well, you know, the, the simple fact is we sell dental insurance and we also sell vision insurance. Uh, but what people may not know is, is the Delta Dentals are in every state, but they're run in every state. So we're individualized. So the decisions I make are not impactful for anybody in Kentucky or Illinois or any place else, uh, except our job is to recruit networks. And so, uh, but we control everything that we decide to do. So uh, if we want to be heavily philanthropic, we can be that. If we want to advertise or do the things we want to do, we make those decisions ourselves. And so that's important. But what a lot of people don't know about Delta Dental is, uh, we are the first dental insurance company. There was no such thing as dental insurance before it was started as Delta Dental. And uh, it has uh, grown over the years, uh, over 65 years of dental insurance. And uh, so really, uh, we don't do anything really significant other than selling Delta Dental insurance. Uh, we, a couple of years ago, added vision because we wanted to find a partner who was a dominant leader as we are. Uh, nationwide, Delta Dental is the largest dental insurance company far and away. We're about a 42 or 3% market share and have some fairly significant competitors who I won't mention on this. Uh, but anyway, uh, so that's where we are. And we matched up with VSP a number of years ago, and they're they're the top no name in the, in the market. What a lot of people don't know about VSP is they're the major frame makers. So if you say Donna Karen or you see any of these fancy things, VSP made every one of them. They just do. So it's uh, you know, they do the Nike thing. They think everything they need, to, they make it all. So that's, that's what we do. Give me something that you wish everyone knew. We'll talk about the philanthropy, which is a big piece of this. But when you talk about like the customer service, the culture, what's something that you wish everyone knew about Delta Dental of Tennessee? You know, I, I think you matched one thing that we, we really are proudest of, and that's culture. Because um, uh, when you decide to be a fairly philanthropic company, uh, that's okay if it's me, because it's probably not going to impact me much. Uh, it's not going to impact probably the higher paid people. But if you are a person who does our call centers or works in our marketing department or works in other areas, you know, it'd be very easy to go, wow, they just gave away that much money. Why didn't they give me a raise? And, you know, we do give raises. So I don't, I don't impact it, it, even in part that we don't. But our people are really proud of what we do. They like this. And, and not only that, but back pre-COVID, um, we would bring in, uh, you know, like if we, at the end of the year, we'd give away extra money and we would invite representatives from each of the children's hospitals across the state to come in here and let us 
thank them personally for what they've done. And so our people really get into this. They like the fact that we are philanthropic. They think it is a good thing to work at our company. And that's, you know, in, in the customer service business, which is the majority of what we do, the average tenure working in a customer service department is about two and a half years. Our average is over 11 years. So we must be doing something pretty well. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and dive into the philanthropy and your community efforts, because as I mentioned at the onset, it's a lot. And so working with charitable dental clinics, organizations like St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, you do so much across the state of Tennessee. Talk overall about the philanthropic efforts, and then we'll dive into the Smile 180 Foundation. Absolutely. Uh, we have two different means for, for giving uh, charitable things. One, one is decided basically through our marketing department, because what we want to do, and you know this as a business person who writes for Forbes and all that stuff, there is a way to connect yourself to significant charities. And when you're connected, uh, maybe they don't know us, but they know them. And they also know that they are not going to let us tie to them unless we have a really good reputation. So when we tie to St. Jude or we tie in a local area to a children's hospital or we tie to Salvation Army at Christmas time and, and the things like that, suddenly people are thinking maybe there's something more than just selling no insurance at that place. And so uh, we have a, a, an entire area in our marketing department that is just based on here's the way we're going to give out money and connect and affect people in our state. And so, you know, it's the Red Cross and it's Salvation Army and and, and it's Second Harvest Food Bank and all the food banks across the state. So, you know, we want people to be healthy. We want them to be educated. We want them to have as good a place as they can to live. We want them to have food on the table and we want them to be safe. Talk about the Small 180 Foundation. I know it's near and dear to your heart. It is. It's, it, we created that about seven years ago with the intent of trying to serve children's hospitals and working poor clinics. And uh, we started off with the children's hospitals, but actually before Smile 180, but it rolled in there. And one of the things we found was uh, children who were in the hospital who might need dental care. And imagine, if you would, a, a child who is, say, in the hospital and they're immune compromised. So they're in for chemo treatment. Now, let's go back to St. Jude because very well, there was no place. I mean, if they had an abscess tooth and you're immune compromised, you may die from that abscess tooth. So what we what we decided was we can't have that. So we built uh, ambulatory dental facilities in every one of the children's hospitals across the state for that exact purpose. So, you know, if a child's in the hospital and they need care and they need dental care, we didn't want them to think, well, I got to pack that child up, put them in an ambulance, take them to a dental facility, have the dentist work on them in a as sterile an environment as they possibly could put them back in the ambulance and transport them back. That's just not safe. It's just not right. So we weren't going to have it. So we, every single children's hospital in the state has that access. Um, so that was where we started. I thought, Jeremy, maybe there were six or seven working pool clinics in Tennessee. I think right now we're working with 19 and I think there's more to come. I think it's inevitable. And uh, so we need to help whenever we can. That's our role. So we directed towards those clinics that have the ability to do dental procedures because some clinics don't do dental procedures. They just have medical and no dental, but every one of them that have dental clinics, uh, we have put brand new equipment in every one, every single one. Uh, we provide them with an annual operational income. And so uh, the bigger the clinic and the more services they provide, the more money we give. Them. And it is intended in a mechanism to do a couple of things. What I also found 
when I went and visited with these clinics was they just took out people's teeth. Well, that's okay if you got a toothache, but what happens when you don't have teeth anymore? Now what do I do? I can't get a job. You know, I can't eat. You know, I'm very self-conscious. So psychologically, I'm impacted. Physically, I'm impacted. I'm impacted. Mentally, I'm impacted. Spiritually, I'm impacted. You can't, you can't fix things when you get to that point. And so we started a couple of things. First one was we decided we're going to bring all these clinics together and say, okay, now we understand you got to pull teeth, but here's what we really want you to think of. Don't think of pulling teeth. Think of, 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 of making this person whole again. Dentally, you, you know, we're not going to do artificial limbs or anything like that. We're going to concentrate on this, but make them whole again. Do the fillings, do the dentures, do the things. Well, then it came out, well, we don't have the money to do that. So then we went to the state and we had a fairy godfather who, who put in a program. And so it gives money to every clinic each time a working poor person needs a denture. Instead of them trying to find money, it provides money for them to have. It. And we have, I can honestly say, we have distributed almost $2 million in, in just denture and partial funds. And last year during COVID, the state uh, kind of stopped it. We had been promised $500,000. And of course, the state was unsure about their income. So we paid it ourselves. So, uh, and we spent all $500,000 that was needed. But that's okay. You know, that's what they needed. And, you know, we have a tremendous, I, I know you saw the video of, of Samantha. Uh, and it's, you know, it's just tears your heart out to think about a young lady who would be that close to death because she couldn't get any dental work done. Or I saw a, a sign in uh, uh, Church Health. They saved these quotes from the people because they said, what do you feel like now that you've gotten your teeth fixed? And one of the people said, my children were ashamed to be with me before I had this stuff. <laughs> we don't need to have that. You know, I'm not talking about the teenagers who never want to talk to me about being a parent. I'm talking about a six-year-old who didn't want their mom around. That's not right. And so fortunately, with the work of the state and this, we're correcting it. So it's it's a different world. It's and it's it's something that I wake up to and I travel to these things. And and every time I go, they'll say, Oh, thank you for this. It's like, no, we write you checks. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Because you're taking care of people. I think it goes back to though the culture, like we were talking about before, in that the money's not there, it's the right thing to do. So you're gonna step up and make sure it gets done. And, and, and if it, you know, I think uh, that's the question you ask, if not us, then who? And so the answer is, why should we look at, you know, let's look in the mirror first. And I think we do that. And, and you know, the other thing is, is when I came to the board about eight years ago and said, we want to do this, we want to move forward. Their, their response was, OK, when do we start? And I said, we start with this year's budget. And so uh, we have been fortunate. We are complete. I, let me just say, when you start putting money back and spending that kind of money, you go, oh, how secure are they? We are very secure financially. We're about eight and a half times what we're required to have. And that's a lot of money and we'll never spend all that. So, but I think, I think I'm telling you that because, you know, you, you don't want to get to the point where you could put yourself in jeopardy and we don't, right? there is no jeopardy for us. But uh, Jeremy, I've never really, other than be with my children, I have never had anything I enjoy more than doing this. And I, I love it. Um, it's get 758 miles in, in, a, in about 30 hours. It's almost too much for an old guy like me, but, uh, so I'm going to break that up a little bit more next time. But, uh, uh, when I take people to these clinics and, and just show them what these people do, it's, they are amazed. Talk about your efforts to support the education side of dentistry, because you do a lot to support colleges and universities and 
getting more dentists into the industry. And so talk about your efforts to support the industry and the future of dentistry. You know, the entire dental uh, continuum, it, it's, you know, from school to, to full-time practice, there's a couple of things that we, we, sh- we need to include. One of the things that I'm doing a lot of work with the Department of Health right now is the Commissioner of Health, is there's a dental shortage in, very, in rural areas. There's a dental shortage in inner cities. You know, there's no dental shortage in Germantown and there's no dental shortage in Brentwood or any of the, or the in Knoxville or Chattanooga. But there are three counties in the state that have no dentists. And so without those working poor clinics, those people have no access. And so um, so the kids get out of school. The average indebtedness for a kid getting out of dental school is about $250,000. Their potential to earn money is good over maybe a 10-year period. But their first five years is pretty challenging, let's say, because, you know, you're paying off a $250,000 loan. Uh, you're trying to earn a living. You don't have anybody to practice on. You're going in cold. You do all those things. So we're working with the, with the Commissioner of Health to try to develop a program to help some of those kids who might be interested in moving back to those rural areas, those challenged areas. And if we can do that, then suddenly you put dentists in places. And then what we want to connect them to is, is create a, a teledentistry internet for them to say, I'm out in this rural community and I'm getting ready to do a procedure that I've done three times while I was in dental school. I need help. Somebody remind me how, what I do. Well, if we can connect them, we have agreements with both the dental schools to say, we'll have somebody online that says, I'm bringing Mr. Park in. I'm going to do a so-and-so procedure. Okay. Here's what you do. Let's walk through it. And um, I think we, if we can do things like that, so these people, young people don't feel like I'm off by myself and I'm, oh gosh, what do I do? I think if we can do that, that creates a stronger group, but it also protects the patients more because I'm more likely to do the things that need to be done. So I think it's this, it's like I said, it's a continuum from the time they graduate until they really get in practice. And then the last thing we're doing, and I think this is important, we're, we're looking at expanding what's called an extern program. So kids in their fourth year, uh, instead of them staying in Memphis and working in the clinic, we want to get some of them and put them in some of these working poor clinics so they can get used to dealing with people in need in a different environment and understand volunteering one day a week would be a good thing for you to do. Now, maybe not the first or second or fifth year you're in practice, but there's going to come a time when you're going to be making really good income. It's time for you to remember what it was like when you took care of that, that person who really was in me. Wrap up with contact information, website, social media. Where does everyone go to learn more about Delta Dental of Tennessee? Well, the basics, you know, www.deltadentaltn.com. Well, I greatly appreciate all you do for our community and uh, across the state of Tennessee as well. So thank you for all you do, you and your amazing team. We appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the show. It's always an honor to be with you, my friend. Thank you very much.